Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. <laughs> Why do you look like that? I don't know. I'm trying not to be weird. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Go. And you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. <laughs> Welcome to part four of the Zodiac Killer story. Yes. <clears throat> a few months pass since he sends his weird, this is how I like to torture people, even though I don't torture people, letter. And... <laughs> So on October 27th, 1970, this one's weird, Paul Avery, who you were just talking about, mm-hmm. who is portrayed by Robert Downey Jr. We could call him Robert Downey Jr. We'll call that's him, cool. Yeah. And no, we'll call him Paul Avery. Okay. No, we, no we'll call him Paul Avery. Okay. Um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Avery. Okay. That's good. Good <laughs> And so he covered the crime beat for the Chronicle and then obviously covered the Zodiac. And the Zodiac sent him a Halloween card. Isn't oh that, yeah, isn't yeah, that I remember weird? This. It's a little, it's a little stalkerish. It is, and it says on the front, it has a skeleton, and it says, <laughs> "This is like a hand-drawn card," and it says, "From your secret pal," <laughs> and then it says, "I feel it in my bones. You ache to know my name, and so I'll clue you in." Dot dot dot, and that's on the front. And then when you open it, the skeletons arms are like Frankenstein arms and like that. Yeah. And um, that was more like fabulous Frankenstein arms <laughs> that Randy just motioned to me. But y'all get it. Yes. And it says, but then why spoil the game? That jerk. <laughs> I know. And it's signed with a Z and the Zodiac symbol. And it says four, number four, dash teen. And a lot of people speculate that this was him referencing that he had just killed his 14th victim. Mm-hmm. And then on the back, it says, by fire, by knife, paradise, but it's spelled With- not like paradise. And then it says, by gun, and then it says, by rope. And then it says, slaves across the middle. And the A in slaves is like the A in the middle of paradise. Paradise is going up and down. Okay, yeah. So he's getting a little crafty. Ugh, crafty bastard. Being a little weird. Don't know where Slaves comes in, but... But all right. What? I don't know. It's interesting because he's like... It's almost like he's playing the game of Clue. By rope. <laughs> <laughs> By the candlestick in the library. <laughs> I'm just like... Am I wrong? <laughs> no, that's funny. It's a little weird. It's Halloween. People are yeah. in the mood for some weird, some weird, scary stuff. stuff. And we know that he loves, loves, loves the book, mm-hmm. Most Dangerous Game, which yeah. is about a man who hunts people. people. Yeah. And he calls the hunt the most dangerous game. Yeah. So he references that in some letters. And so, like, he's into that kind of weird. He's into it. Why do I keep saying that? That's not know. even a thing I say, like, in my normal vocabulary. <laughs> not really. It just keeps coming up today <laughs> for some reason. Um, so. Yeah, Paul Avery gets his Halloween card. And then on March 13th, 1971, he sends a letter to the L.A. Times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like 99% sure this is the only thing that that paper receives from him. Right. But in this letter, he claims responsibility for Sherry Joe Bates, the murder at Riverside Community College. And it was actually then that the authorities in Riverside connected the Zodiac to Sherry Joe Bates. Bates. They hadn't made that connection before. Right, because he had sent the letter 
when the murder had occurred, but it was typeset, you said. Yeah, and he and had was, just signed it Z, and it was really weird. His own moniker. What a selfish yeah. idiot. Yeah, it was like his first murder. Like we said, you need to work for your <laughs> moniker. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, you need to do that. Um, you don't just pay get one. your dues, sir. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> terrible <clears throat> yeah he had sent those letters but also we should remember this is the california and the time that like screwed up the golden state killer case because Absolutely. everyone got all territorial about their jurisdictions and wouldn't work with each other and was like no i'm not sharing this because i want to solve it and it's like why don't we just solve it so people stop getting murdered yeah like overall isn't that the yeah. goal like who the like I'm sorry, but I never think about, and this may be terrible of me, but there's only a few cases where I have actually thought about, <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> where I've actually thought about, like, who the investigator was and who actually solved it. What I care more about is the fact that it's solved, yeah. you know, or that it's unsolved. So, so yeah. So, that's probably why that didn't have, that connection didn't occur until, like, he said, I killed her. So, yeah. And that's also why Sherry Joe Bates is a possible Zodiac killing because, again, like, why wouldn't he admit that way before? I think he's just taking right. credit for other people's stuff. Yeah, um, because he clearly, I mean, and we can even look at it from the, the fact that he sent a letter to a defense attorney asking for help. So he's probably, like, trying not to be this person anymore, but he still has this, like, narcissistic personality so maybe he's like saying oh i did this as a way to combat the fact that he has to kill mm -hmm. in order to feel satisfied sexually or emotionally or whatever um and so by him claiming these other murders it's like a way to have to do it. any more killings yeah right so that could be a possibility because yeah, he's clearly already that. reached out for help um so i'd like again i'm i like to think the best in people i think randy can also sympathize with that ideal so yeah yeah that makes sense about a week later, Paul Avery gets a postcard from Lake Tahoe, Nevada. So many postcards. I know. Gosh. And it says, sought victim 12. So this hasn't been confirmed, but a lot of people think that because of this postcard, the Zodiac may be responsible for the disappearance of Donna Lass. So Donna used to work in a hospital in the same like neighborhood that Paul Stein was murdered. But then she moved to Lake Tahoe, where she was a nurse at the Sahara Hotel and Casino. About six months prior to Avery getting this postcard from Lake Tahoe, from the Zodiac, Donna disappeared on her way home from work. And it was sometime around 1 a.m., and her car was abandoned near her apartment. The Zodiac's name is thrown around a lot in her case because he was obviously in Lake Tahoe around that time. And we know he's kind of skilled at that whole, your tire's falling off and then I'm going to abduct you kind of thing. So he could have, like, actually successfully done that this time with Donna Lass. Um, and they don't have, she's just disappeared. They don't know anything about her. Right. So, they haven't found her body or anything like that. Right. So they think that the Zodiac could have been referencing her as his 12th victim because they, like, he's on their list of potential people to look into. Right. But he, like, backtracks because he said 14 in the right. one but postcard this and then happened 12. This happened before? Before, okay, he just you. sent the postcard later. Okay. Which, in yeah. the episode of Side Notes, <laughs> where we're talking about movies, I have to tell you about a movie, because I feel, I feel like listeners would like this movie, too. Because this totally reminded me of it, because it's in Lake Tahoe at a hotel, casino. 
So I just watched on the plane the other day and then again with Kaylin the other night, Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh my God, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Dakota Johnson is in that film, right? Yes, but okay. more importantly, Jeff Bridges, the dude, is in that <laughs> Got film. Got you. So, you know, I'm like a total film buff, and so I'm pretty critical of movies, mm-hmm. and I have my top five or ten that are like really, really, I think, amazing films. Right, this, including a few Tarantinos. Yes, this <laughs> has infiltrated my top five. This is in my top five now. It is amazing. Okay, I'll have to listen. I'll have we'll to watch it. go have a dinner date this okay. week and watch it. It's amazing. Like, it's so freaking good. And they, so it's like set at this weird hotel. They have a character based on Charles Manson and they have a girl based on a Manson girl. And if someone had told me that Tarantino made that film, like, I wouldn't question it, which I feel like Tarantino's probably pissed because he's coming out later this year with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which, which is, is a Manson based film. Yeah. So. Hmm. I feel like he's probably upset. But that movie was made by Drew Goddard, and I don't know what else he's made, but he's up there now for me. He oh, That sweet. movie was amazing. Okay, so two years pass. Two years. Yeah. That's his biggest stretch of time, um, and nothing for happens. For area of killings, because he had, like, the three-year right, right, right. breaks in between the first ones. and But those were, sus- yeah, yeah. They're suspected. So, like, yeah, they're not confirmed right. killing. So it's not until August 1st, 1973 that the Zodiac Zodiac makes contact again. But this time, it's in Albany, New York, not California at all. And he sends a letter to the Albany Times Union newspaper that reads, in all caps, You are wrong. I'm not dead or in the hospital. I am alive and well, and I'm going to start killing again. Below is the name and location of my next victim, but you better hurry because I'm going to kill her August 10th at 5 p.m. when the shift change. Albany is a nice town. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And he's like, by the way, great town. By the way, love it here. Love what you're doing Really enjoying it. it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So August 10th comes and goes, and the authorities can't link any crimes on that day to what he described in his letter. So this letter is probably from the Zodiac, but the handwriting experts say that there aren't enough identifying symbols to say that it's definitely him. But there are enough to say that it could be him because he didn't do his symbol. He didn't sign. This is the Zodiac. So I think that they're just saying there's not enough to compare to what he had previously done. But they're not. They're like, it could be. Right. Looks good enough, but they're not saying, like, like without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. During the year of 1974, the year after, he sends four final letters, all to the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. None of them reference his killings or his future killings or his past killings. They're just random ramblings that I'm not even going to read to you because they're just so weird. I'll tell you a couple things he says. <laughs> so... He claims that militant gorillas are responsible for the abduction of Patty Hearst, who is the, uh, like, of Hearst newspaper family. Yeah, yeah. And he complains about the glorification of violence in a movie ad that was ran in their newspaper. So, like, these four letters are just, like, weird the ramblings weird. that have nothing to do with his killings or anything. So, um, the general consensus of these four letters was that he's still crazy, but maybe he's done murdering. Maybe. Yeah, you know? maybe he's over that. Who maybe he just needs to send us some weird letters. Yeah, because, I mean, he's had such a strong communication with them, and it's almost like he thinks they're friends or maybe, yeah. that they're part of his whole spiel and that 
His opinions matter to the Chronicle. So he's like a part of the newspaper almost. There's a lot of different things that we could attribute to why he sent those weird war letters. <laughs> yeah. So like the most random stuff. It's super weird, but that's the end. That's He doesn't do anything else after that. So yeah, so for about two decades, he's just murdering and sending a lot of letters yeah. <laughs> to newspapers. Like writing a lot, doing yes. a lot of things. And so kind of like as you pointed out in the beginning, it's super weird that we have this really, really, really involved killer. Like I would argue the most involved and vocal killer ever. Oh, yeah. Prior being to being caught. And we don't know who he is. Like this yeah. is a cold case, technically. And it it's just crazy. He was like, hey, guys, like every freaking week. And we still don't know yeah. who he is. And we're like, and he hand wrote a lot of yeah. his letters. And I mean, handwriting analysis will come in with the suspects. Um, but yeah, it's just really interesting to me that they never really had a very like straightforward consensus on who this person could be. And what's more weird to me about that is like we're not operating with a Golden State Killer kind of guy. We're no. not dealing with someone who's super... Intelligence. intelligence like yeah. clearly he's a kind of weird and a little up like a little off yeah and so it's like how was he so sophisticated that he anticipated dna evidence that he like never got a fingerprint almost on anything yeah like that's just really shocking or that mm-hmm. he was like or no saliva samples or anything like that there which, is maybe so right but dna i don't want to ruin know. the end of the story <laughs> but um so yeah like that for I guess we could say with confidence for decades, none of that existed Yeah, because they didn't have the capability of testing or knowing what those things were. And being so confident that he like walked away from Paul Stein's murder so confidently, like, yeah, that's just it's weird. It seems like two killers, like one that's very like sophisticated and well put together and confident. And then Mm -hmm. one that's like so out of control that he's complaining about a movie ad that offended him. Right. You know, like, it's... Yeah. It's so weird. He's a very... I mean, it seems like... And I I say this all the time. I, like, always think that people have, like... Multiple personalities. Yes. (laughs) I I agree, though. I agree in this case. And I think that there are... I think you could really attribute that to a lot of different psychotic cases when it comes to serial killers. I think that, like, someone like Israel Keys does not necessarily fit into that mold because he just had that personality like that was his dominant personality so he just like existed in that evil mindset um and he's and the odd one out okay he's an outlier he's not as like he's not like every other serial killer um which is why randy's so afraid of him um (laughs) but he's dead so it's fine um so like I don't know. You just see this all the time where people are like, but I'm innocent. I'm innocent. And I didn't mean to feel this way. I just felt this way. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, obviously you have a conflicting ideal in your mind because again, not everyone is inherently evil. Like we all have these outside factors that put pressure on us to be a certain way. Everyone is. Yeah. Everyone is impressionable. You know, like, Everybody has these lifestyles and beliefs that I lead them to different things. I can even argue for Manson's case. Yes, which is absolutely. why that's one of that ties for my favorite is there were so there was so much about Manson's case that affected made him the way he was, and not to, right. not to defend him in any way, but um, that is the case with all of them. So it's weird when they have. Like you're saying, no, just keep saying what you're saying. I don't want to steal what you're saying. No, you're good. It's just like, (laughs) it's like they have a psychotic break. Yeah. 
And, and but then they have like multiple, and then yes. they go back to normal, and and then they you know fluctuate. And even with Ted Bundy, we see these two sides of him. And obviously, oh my God, I was just about to call the Zodiac by one of his suspects by, <laughs> by the name that I'm pretty Shh, sure I won't. I'm not going to say it, but I almost said it. Just kidding. <laughs> um, they probably this, know. Yeah, right. This person obviously is conflicted, and um, I think that we don't look into that enough. Like, I feel like I'm the only person saying. <laughs> the multiple personality. No, you're not. I'm probably not the well, only person, me, but like, it just, yeah. I'll tell you why I think you're the one of the only ones saying it. Because a lot of people just attribute that to people being psychopaths. Exactly. Like, a lot of, like, you could look at Ted Bundy and say, like, he has multiple, per- he has two personalities. Like, the really kind, friendly guy that's like that guy in your community that's like really nice and dependable. And then there's the one that's murdering people. And right. there's no way that those two people could be one people. But, so there's that perspective, yeah. or there's the he's psychotic and yeah. he and just is manipulating you to think yeah. that he has this really nice personality. And since you're have a kind heart and see the good in people, <laughs> you are looking at the first perspective there. Right. And I think that, um, you know, it's just some of them maintain their innocence the whole time. And that's where I get confused and I'm like, well, how can you know you did this? Like, it's proven. You obviously were there. You know yourself that you're guilty, but you keep on saying you didn't do these things. So it's almost like, and if anyone knows um, anything about multiple personality disorders, sometimes you block it from your mind. So when one personality takes over, they may do something that your other personality does not know is happening. Oh my so gosh. it's like a flip. We could all have multiple personality disorders <laughs> and not know it because you're whatever. Because you're not aware of it. That's oh my not, gosh. That's what not if we right? What if? But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they know that there's something else. There's something going on, but they just don't know what they do. Just don't see that side. So I don't know. It could be a very outlandish idea to think that, but just based off of a lot of evidence and this like. And just who the suspects are, specifically the one that most people are like, he's the guilty one. Just like comparing his life, his normal life to his very, his like serial killer life, if you will. They're just different. There's some similarities, but his personalities are just like split, which is interesting. Like the movie Movie Split. Split. (laughs) (laughs) I get it now. I'm there. Anyway. Full circle. Yes. Yeah. But I also think they're clearly smart enough to like, kill a bunch of people without getting caught so Mm -hmm. they could be smart enough to then manipulate you into feeling for them when when there's nothing actually wrong with them and they're just like i mean they just want to kill people yeah they obviously want to be free so they will never know (laughs) yeah right but i like i like your way of thought because that's more comforting (sighs) thanks (laughs) um but it really does like i know you do say that a lot but like i think it's because we just pick cases that That are like like, interesting in that way Because that could be attributed. That one that's to that. what makes it interesting. It's not mm-hmm. interesting when some random asshole just murders a bunch of people. Like it's interesting when <laughs> yeah. like they have this whole backstory that doesn't really add up. Yeah. Um, so that's probably why you say it a lot. I think it totally makes sense here. Like in what world do you have a murderer who's like, I'm gonna shoot someone in the back of the head in like a really upscale neighborhood and then walk away from it and take like a minute to cut a piece of his shirt off. Yeah, just and, like, so that I can casually walk yeah. away. Yeah. Who like you have that and then you have this guy who's like um 
militant gorillas are actually the ones who abducted Patty Hearst. Like, right. That doesn't add up. Like, those no. are so different. And, and they were written by the same person. So this isn't, the, like, two different people or whatever. Yeah, that's not contested. Uh, no. Or, yeah. So that letter, though, that you mentioned again earlier to the attorney, I think, really, that's so out of character for him from everything else he does that that, I think, like... And that's also not Val- a your letter. Yeah. No, it's not. We know it's him. So yeah. I think that that validates your point, too, is that, like, yeah. at some point during all of this, he, like, felt out of control so much so that he sought help for it. Right. And, I mean, I I don't think that, like, Ed Kemper has the same standards. Like, I don't think he has multiple personality disorder. No, I, I think actually, he was traumatized. I think he, yes, I think he actually was psychotic. Yeah. And, like, had issues in I his life. I think he was pushed to those places but I think yeah you're right Ted Bundy and probably the Zodiac are two of the most prolific serial killers or most notorious serial killers if you will because we argued why Zodiac's (laughs) not that prolific um the most notorious American serial killers that exhibit a level of multiple personality disorder or what could be considered to be a multiple personality disorder yeah so you know anyway (laughs) haha All Um, right, so we're going to wrap up part four, and in part five, we'll tell you about some suspects, and then we'll discuss them, and it'll be great, and it'll be a fun time. So thanks for sticking with us for all of these episodes. Yes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.